There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <laughs> identity, culture, <laughs> what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought, spicier than a fresh adobo. Okay. Mm, yes, delicious. We're a sauce that you can put on everything. <laughs> we are always bringing the spice, honey. We never cool it We down. make everything more delicious. <laughs> and everything more disgusting. <laughs> We contain multitudes. Of course, of course. Um, So I'm Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. I am definitely struggling with an anal fissure right now. Oh, baby. Oh, my my God. I mean, been there. Been there. Yeah, you have. You are my telltale story for sure. It is. I mean, everyone, longtime (laughs) listeners all know that there was a food for thought trip incident where my, my butthole literally exploded on the trip. Thank you uh, for reiterating uh, that. My, my partner has just had a, a, a fissure surgery. It's like, a, here's the thing about butthole issues. We're, we're fissure sisters. Is that they happen so often. They're like one of the most common surgeries. But because it's around the butt, no one talks about it. So it's a very lonely experience to have, yeah, which is why is. I've made it my life mission to talk about my butt surgery as often as possible. <laughs> Join the sisterhood. Join the fissure sisterhood all. And on that note, would you like to introduce we... yourself, Joe? Yes. <laughs> After I... your PSA. I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and my poll is clinically depressed, whereas my whole has severe anxiety. Hmm. Love that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, y- you are truly a ball of anxiety. <laughs> um, I'm Den Michelle. And I'm a reader and a writer, a former figure skater, and I will probably have an anal fissure soon enough because I am the turkey that plans on getting oh baby this oh no <laughs> oh, oh no as as many fists as possible. Come on, that Just, was that make, was make, low make, hanging fruit. Make sure really you, low hanging. Make sure you cook the stuffing to a nice 162 degrees. Den, that's all I have to say. We don't want salmonella <laughs> no. in your stuffing. Well, I, I mean, maybe there. maybe we have someone who can help us with that because joining us <laughs> yes. on the pond today is guest thought Angela Demiuga, author of the new book, Philippinix. Ah, Fran has a copy. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm holding up a copy of Angela's new book. Uh, Angela's a chef, a food extraordinaire. How would you describe yourself, Angela? Well, I would describe myself as a newly minted author. Mm. Uh, newly minted i think that's i feel like it's great i need to be doing that i need to also talk about my new term that i made for myself today which is i called i started calling myself today the sensual chef to nobody (laughs) and i'm a multidisciplinary artist 
my, my, my pole that. got a little hard when, when, when you said that. <laughs> I, I love oh. sensual chef is very good. I, I think that that is like a, any sort of erotic chef show that you want to do, whether it's like aphrodisiacs or like what have you, like I am subscribed to that channel. <laughs> I think it really well, truly describes me, so... I'm feeling good about it. I love it. I love it. We need sensuality in this world so badly right now. We're also disconnected from ourselves and each other. Um, Fran, well, Fran, baby, do you want to? You have the menu today, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> we are going to start off with a classic food-inspired, sensual, chef-inspired game of swipe right, swipe Ooh. left. Then we'll be launching into our main discussion about home cooking and the places we come from in terms of our food ancestry. And for dessert, we're just going to eat Angela up. Oh we're going God. to <laughs> have her as oh. it. We're going to put cherries on top and and, and that's what we're going to do. Anyways, oh, we're doing take it, it away. <laughs> My sexual is popping out. <laughs> I'm feeling a little peckish. Um, so I'm going to start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little teas, a little something to wet your mm. palates. It's our amuse-bouche and we are going to amuse your bouches with a classic game of Swipe Right, Swipe Left with guest thought Angela. You! Um, and Angela, you know, you haven't played this game before, but it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to list a bunch of things, maybe in the food world, and we as a group are kind of going to rattle off on whether we would swipe right on it, which is like, yes, absolutely. And here's why. Uh, or we'll swipe left being like, no, not really my thing. Um, and to start us off, uh, swipe right, swipe left, corn nuts. Right. Yes! Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Vindication. Uh, team corn nut. <laughs> corn nuts? Ten. No. The crunch? Swipe. The, the crunch, crunch. The saltiness. Salt. Mm. Angela. Angela, yeah. what's your take on corn nuts? I love a corn nut. Um, they they aren't. I don't. They're not very. I don't think that they're good for like a sexy situation. But they're definitely a solo <laughs> snack. I think, like maybe walking down the street by yourself or um, not at the movies, but maybe watching a movie at home. Um, yes, I would. If I make, I often make like homemade snack mixes if I just have a bunch of snacks mm -hmm. and I would love it if there was a corn nut in every mix. Uh, yeah. So what, it's the so, crunch. What, what you're saying is. And I'm is... talking about original flavor. And I'm original not mad at barbecue or ranch, but I'm talking mm -hmm. original. I'm even, I'm even thinking about Peruvian corn nut. Um, mm. There are different types of corn nuts out there. Who's swiping oh, left? Yeah. Who doesn't like corn nuts? I... <laughs> I am swiping left. I will. I am sorry. I will die on this hill. I hate yucking someone else's yum. I like a nut. I like a corn. I do not like them together. It is what it is. Why? What's wrong? I think. I think they're. I just think they're disgusting. Like I just that they make me want to gag every time. And and it takes a lot to activate my gag reflex. I'm just gonna say that too. I, but a corn corn nuts. I cannot handle them. I just. They like remind me of like, I don't even know, just like being a little kid when you would put anything in your mouth <laughs> and then like half of it was disgusting. That is, I just, I hate corn nuts. I, I hate them. I hate I them. I think Angela them. has the perfect. They like make me shake. She has the perfect take here. Corn nut, swipe right. Corn nut breath, swipe left. Swipe left. Oh. Don't come at me in the club with a corn oh. nut breath. <laughs> that is not cute. 
Look, don't yuck our yum, okay, Joe? <laughs> um, okay, uh, maybe just as controversial, swipe right, swipe left, pineapple on pizza. That is swipe where, right. That, yeah, I, I'm into it, right. I like hot pineapple. Uh, love hot pineapple. A grilled pineapple, so good. Yeah. Yum. Sweet and salty. It's a, I don't love everything no. sweet and salty, but like the right good sweet salty, like pineapple and pork, good sweet salty. Love it. Put it in my mouth. Fave. No. Den. No. 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 That is an abomination. Wow. And this is the thing. I love I love pineapple. I love pizza. I like a lot of pork, although I actually don't particularly like ham, the sliced pork that goes on pizza. But Putting it all together is terrible. And the thing is, like, all that pineapple juice, like, oh, dripping all over yum. the pizza is what is so bad to me. I hate it. I cannot stand it. I love grilled pineapple on its own or, like, on a kebab. Like, that's delicious. Pineapple on pizza? Uh-uh. No. Miss me with there's it. Some, there's some really interesting pineapple style that happens here in Mexico City with the uh, Tacos El Pastor. They have, mm-hmm. like, beautiful sculptures of meat they shave off they're usually a really beautiful man shaving off this meat that's been roasted (laughs) um you know for most of the day they put the meat into a fresh tortilla and at the top of the alfas door is a beautiful pineapple that's been roasting um Mm -hmm. for a very long time it's hot sorry it's hot i know that the hot part is hard for people but they do this very gay like very expressive little slice and then they catch they catch the tiny sliver of pineapple in their hand with the with the with the taco al pastor in their hand it's sex it's sex it's it's a show that sounds amazing yeah it's a show finesse that sounds that sounds delicious it's really pineapple and dairy that's the thing those are two things that don't go together for me this is good good. we love all your we love all your wrong opinions den yeah (laughs) Sounds like pineapple versus dairy, pineapple versus pizza, corn versus not. I didn't know how much you Mm -hmm. loved binaries, Den. (laughs) I love a bi... Listen, I'm going to be real. As a kid, I couldn't even have my food mixed together on the plate. I was like, if it's not one of those plastic plates with the sections, I can't handle it. Oh my God, I remember those. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yes, I I needed that as a kid. Okay. um, (laughs) Swipe right, swipe left. Uh, whipped cream related foreplay. Sticky. <laughs> I also swipe less. Swipe I haven't done it since high can. school, but. Actually, I've never done it, I should say, too. I've never done it, but I feel like it would leave us sticky in a way that I wouldn't appreciate. Yeah, I mean, this is Varsity right. Blues, right? This is Varsity Blues um, reference. Yes. I'm, I've tried it too, mm-hmm. and I'm swiping left because. It's not that sexy. Like whipped cream out of a can, yeah. not sexy. Um, there's other sexy things that you can you could be doing. That's like I yes. think the creamy part is a bit. There's already creamy things happening. We don't need this like synthetic cream going up. Yeah, and Angela's like, first of all, I would be hand whipping the cream, okay, <laughs> with a whisk, bitch. You know, with a whisk. I also yes. was gonna say, I was like, Angela, you know, it's totally understandable. <laughs> Food foreplay. You want to. You don't. You want to separate work and your personal life, right? Yes. You, you don't want the two to mix because here on this podcast we love binaries. Um. Oh my god! No, no, too too yeah. creamy, too creamy. Like, I, there's other things you can do. I think. 
Agree, agree. Um, swipe right, swipe left, Vegemite. Mm. Is that a, a good oomph or a bad oomph, So I, I think I'm biased on this one because I've worked in a biological research labs with yeast, and Vegemite is basically like boiled down yeast. So it smells like work mm. to me, It's and it is not... I like a lot of funky, different tasting things, but I, that one to me is like, oh no, I let my yeast grow too long in the lab. Oh, I don't want to put that in my mouth. I love this breakdown. Um, what about you, Angela? I I haven't had I haven't had my defining moment with Vegemite. I'm not against it, so I might swipe right just to see where it goes. I honestly thought for sure you yeah. would have like already nailed some sort of Vegemite thing, like dish or something. Cause it's like, so like umami yes, and yes, like, yes. you're kind of, you're kind of umami king. I am umami king. Thank you for recognizing <laughs> that. Wow. That <laughs> is, that is um, the title. That I, is, woo. that's Angela's grinder bio is umami king. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm interested Dun-dun. in the umami of Vegemite. They use it a lot for flavor enhancing and vegan food. And I'm aware of that. I just haven't experienced, I haven't cooked with it myself where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going around town talking about how much I love Vegemite, which is why I would go on a date with Vegemite and see where it goes. Mm. Hmm. I like that philosophy. What about you, Den? Oh, I've never had it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I try it. Like I, I literally just Googled it and I think it was like spread on a piece of like toasted Wonder Bread. That's like the classic, mm-hmm. yes. Like I would try it. Swipe right, swipe left. Also controversial. Amuse bouches. Like the little, mm-hmm. the actual appetizer like on a spoon. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of lame. Oh. I think that most of them that we have that are called amuse bouches are lame. And then if yeah, like pass arounds at parties. Well, yeah, or like if you're having a whole like 17 course fine dining meal, usually the amuse bouche is not that exciting. I would, you know, I've had good ones, but I'm gonna swipe left just because we've been there, done that. Yeah, I find it. I find it annoying. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like this. It's like this tiny little bite, and it it doesn't. uh, You know, it's not usually progressive. It doesn't usually introduce the meal. I feel like it's a gimmick. Also, the spoon shape is kind of hard to, like, you kind of have to do some, like, origami with your tongue to, like, flip the food it's, out of the bowl not, shape. It's not always by definition in a spoon, though, right? It's just, like, a tiny little bite. It's, it's, cla- yeah. it's classically in a spoon. They put them in a spoon, but, you know, I was just thinking, I'm always workshopping, and I was thinking about what amuse-bouche I would serve you all. And if you just kept it simple, Ooh. and it was a really beautifully shucked tiny west coast oyster you know a little delicate like sand belt like you know like mm. um i don't know like one and a half inch like it's a tiny tiny creamy west coast oyster and i put a little bit of buttermilk granita and some caviar we would like them yes we don't we wouldn't we want we would want that i'm just my jaw is dropped. Yes. Alex is in the chat Listen, saying, mm, how dare I you? I love oysters. How dare you? I love oysters. And in 2021, I have become a caviar queen. This is everything. This is what I... I was going to swipe left on a moose, which yeah. is two, because I'm not at a party to eat. I'm at a party to drink. So, like, get out of my way. But... <laughs> but... Yeah. 
But that is a dream amuse bouche. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the amuse bouche. I'm the amuse bouche, and I'm I'm convinced, and I'm and I'm convincing all of you to swipe right. So let's go. I, I absolutely 100 percent swipe right swipe on, right on, right right on your amuse bouche. I want that. <laughs> I want to go to there. It's uh, time we get into the meat of our discussion, the thought process, if you will. Spelled T-H-O-T. Spelled T-H-O-T. And I think Ho slash Joseph Osmondson is going to be introducing today. It literally says Ho in the doc, but... It always says Ho in the doc. (laughs) I mean, y'all... Y'all, we we just called Joe Ho in our group. It's no secret... My phone corrects it Joe is, to It is no Sorry. secret to my 31 Instagram followers that I, number one, love to cook, and number two, take horrible pictures of my own food using my iPhone 3 and the most the direct possible fluorescent lighting. Disgusting. I have always loved to cook, but as I've gotten older and as the pandemic has worn on, it's truly become one of the greatest joys of my life alongside friendship, making and taking in art, and good old-fashioned fucking. And maybe especially because writing has felt so difficult as I gear up to publish a book this year, cooking has been one of the safest spaces of my life recently. I get mad when I have leftovers because I don't get to cook new stuff. And we're so glad to have Angela here today, who's a powerhouse in the culinary world and according to Fran, also a certified thought. And who has a new book out that you must buy immediately. So Thoughty Thoughts, we're talking about home cooking today. To get us started, I wanted to ask... What is the worst kitchen disaster you've ever had while cooking? Oh, I feel like I have to dig deep into my trauma for this. (laughs) Oh, Fran, everything has always been perfect. In Fran's kitchen, everything is always perfect. You know, I'll start with a basic one because I feel like this one is is a universal experience. I have definitely put a frozen pizza on the rack without the little cardboard thing underneath it and then the pizza falls through the grate Uh and like it's like burnt (laughs) cheese and like crust like all over the bottom of the oven how high were you at the time fran it was eons ago it was in college but uh before i was cool and started smoking weed (laughs) smoking doobies with the cool kids um but that's the first one that comes to mind i feel like i have a worse one but I don't know. That's one that I'm thinking of. Angela, like as a person who's worked in kitchens, I cannot (laughs) wait to hear your answer to this. Yeah. Anything off the top of your head? Wait. So the question was the worst disaster. What was it? I need to know the specifics. I'm thinking of a lot of things right now. (laughs) What 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 was the language? I want to know the language you use. Your worst kitchen disaster you've had while cooking. Oh, my God. It could um, also be like your I, funniest or most poignant, like whatever sticks out to you. Okay, okay, okay. Um, well, this. Okay, I'm trying to think of. There's a there's a bunch, and I'm thinking about fails because I don't. You know, I was living with some friends, and I cooked for them all the time, and I would host people all the time. This is kind of soft, but I I have to tell. I have to say because it has to do with poppy juice. Going to poppy juice, mm-hmm. love, and I often close out poppy juice. I'm, I'm, you know, Bless one you. of the last pe- people to leave. I think I left at five thirty. I was with friend. I had people over afterwards, so I was making pasta at six a.m. and I made one of my classics that I, I was just talking it up like crazy, and I 
you know, it was 6 a.m. And I made this Amatriciana. Do you guys know what Amatriciana is? No. no. What is that? <laughs> it's, it's a type of pasta. Usually it's bucatini and it's really simple. It's tomato, like some type of cured pork um, and, and, and red onion and chili. And you use a lot of red onion to make it a, a sweet sauce. And I decided I didn't have enough red. I realized I'd already been making it. And I, and I decided that I was going to use something else to sweeten it. And I dumped like apple cider, like a bunch of apple cider in it and <laughs> fed it to everybody. Hmm, and my, that could be my good. Friend, to me, I'm like, that could be good. I thought it was good too, but the reason why I was mortified is not because my friends didn't like it. It was because my roommate woke up for to go to work at 6 a.m., had it with us sober, and he was just like, you know, this wasn't your best. And I was like, <laughs> and he was so dead serious and really meant that because I usually, I, you know, this is a recent fail and that's a pretty soft fail, but I still think about how he was just like, this really, it was disappointed. It was like, mommy disappointed. Uh, uh, there's nothing worse than that. Oh. It was, it, it, wow. It's that like, is... it's recent. And I still think about, I like, yeah, I have to, I'm talking, I'm processing it here with you all. I'm actually wow. fascinated by your response, Angel. I, I like watch a lot of <laughs> cooking shows and I've been a home cook my whole life. But as, as, you know, I think the myth we have of people who work in food is that their home cooking is like, a chore like actually maybe they don't cook that much at home so yeah. it seems like you actually love cooking yeah. even though it's your job for like yeah. friends and roommates oh. and yes i'm cooking all yeah i cook a lot and i'm hosting a lot and so you know having someone that's my family like bestie family um say that i was like actually sad Oh, God. Oh, no. I feel like I can actually relate to this. One time I had, like, a dinner party, and I'm usually, like, Justin and I, Angela, you've been for, Justin and I used to have these little, mm -hmm. like, dinner parties at a friend's house that had a really nice table. And we, um, I, I did, like, a key lime pie at someone else's house, and I had to bring it to the house, and it, like, tipped in the Uber Ooh. in transit. <gasps> oh, my God, you're Whitney and from Real Housewives of Salt oh, Lake City. No. I was Whitney from Real Housewives oh, of no. Salt Lake City. That that That's key lime, That key lime sheet cake ate shit. Oh, so no. sad. Oh, oh no! But it was because but I was bringing it to really... my friends that I was that the disappointment was so much higher. Like you're doing this for your familia, mm -hmm. and like you you don't deliver, and mm -hmm. you're like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and also the Uber, like Uber cleanup fee, probably. <laughs> Uber cleanup fee, because uh, you know, like this happened several times to me, and it, it also is a disaster. But like, also something, uh, you know, it's been common for me, and and way more simple and obvious. But like catering, traveling with a bottle of fish sauce in an Uber, and that exploding in an Uber is not okay. Oh my oh god. My god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like actually yeah, we fucked up, y'all. Cleaning fees. I mean, I, I, I didn't. You know, it wasn't on my Uber account when these things happened. But... There we go. <laughs> oh Listen, my god. I, I feel like we should this, have had a whole episode about kitchen fails because I am loving this combo. And then right after that, we're gonna have a whole episode about um, 
Uber ratings because mine is low, Mama. <laughs> oh, you, friend? I can't imagine. Low you as talking. fuck. Den, do you have? I know. So, Den, I know you um, don't love to cook as much as the rest of us yeah, on this call. Den hasn't cooked since the nineties. <laughs> but I feel like you might I, have had a kitchen disaster. That's why I asked the question first. Oh, I have absolutely had. Well, so listen. Full disclosure: until you said a kitchen disaster when cooking, I was going to tell a whole different kind of kitchen disaster story. But um, I do have a cooking kitchen disaster story which is that um in 2016 i did i hosted a brunch at my apartment for my birthday and i always do like a pot whenever i would do this i would do like a potluck style because many of my friends cook and i don't cook at all like if i i if i lived by myself i would just store clothes in my kitchen but um I have a couple things I can make. I make this really delicious, amazing gourmet four cheese mac and cheese, and I can throw together a delicious baked brie. It's like a great party trick. So for something like that, I was like, I will make my baked brie. It'll be great. It's easy. It doesn't stress me out. Actually, it does stress me out, but because you have to get the size of the brie round right, and then you have to have the right amount of crescent rolls and all crescent of this stresses rolls. me out. But anyway, I was like, I'll make it. it. Yeah, is, you wrap it in crescent so rolls. Cute. It's so easy, right? You wrap it in crescent rolls. You put some jam in it. Get some. <sighs> crackers on That's the side right. it's it's very fancy and classy fancy. and like whatever it is fancy baby <laughs> fancy i mean fancy for for someone who who literally like i don't know how to chop vegetables properly like that it's a big deal so anyway i was like i'm gonna go to fairway in harlem i'm gonna go get my brie i'm gonna do this it's gonna be great and then everyone else will bring all the real food and like it'll be great we can get drunk so i just i pick up my brie i come back home i make it and like i'm checking it in the oven and like the dough is like not really rising and it's not taking the right shape and i was like what is going on i don't know what's going on finally at a certain point i pull it out i stick my knife in it it collapses and the cheese bleeds through the crescent rolls. And I, the thing is, I hadn't bought a round of brie. It looked like a round of brie. It was packaged in the same package as the round of brie that I would typically buy. I had bought some strange, random blue cheese that was like, that was <laughs> not like melting cheese constructed like yeah. that. Yeah. And it, and it, not a cheese that you're supposed to do this with. And it had just like, like spread all over the thing. And my friends were like, oh, well, we'll still taste it. And I was like, I don't think that sounds like a good sounds idea. Sounds like you had a soggy bottom. But they, and I love, and this is coming from someone who loved, like my favorite blue cheese might be Gorgonzola, like, or my favorite cheese, period. Like I love blue cheese. Anyway, my friends tasted it and they still give me hell for it to this day because they were like, you fully thought that you had made your great, delicious baked brie, baked brie that we all love and we all ask for whenever we do a thing. And I fully fucked it up because I grabbed, I just grabbed the wrong cheese. Sorry, Dan. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So don't ever make a baked blue cheese. It's not <laughs> going to be delicious. I also think I didn't have jam, and I think I might have tried to, like, spread, like, maple syrup over it, which <gasps> is not really the right thing for that. Like, something sciencey. It's like, it, like, burns and crisps, and so it just was a, it was a shit show. I think I threw a cookie sheet at it. I was like, there's no saving Do y'all have, like... Do y'all have, like, go-to dishes either that you bring to parties or go-to dishes that, like, you cook for yourself? I know those are two completely different problems, but I'm curious if if either of those speak to you. Because, like, knowing that you have your signature <laughs> baked brie. Yeah, I mean... I, Which is delicious when I make it. It's really good. It's really good. Angela, do you? Um... So, a dish that I bring... This is an old party trick of mine because it's really nasty. It's... It's 
It's the worst. Yeah, things. talk nasty. Yeah, it's talk the nasty worst to things us, combined, and I haven't done it in a long time, but I'll bring it places and I know that it's going to get devoured immediately and it does. But then because it's nasty, I'm like, I just let all these people eat this nasty food. So <laughs> I normally don't cook oh. with any of these ingredients, but this is an old recipe that my friend, I think he was raised in Philly. It's actually, I think, a Frank's Red Hot recipe, the, as in the hot sauce. I love in, Frank's Red Hot, as, truly. I, is it like the recipe on the back of the bottle? I love it's, it too. I think a recipe from, at some point, the back of the bottle. But it's, okay, so Frank's Red Hot is the hot sauce um, that was the main ingredient for buffalo chicken wings. So yep. it's Frank's Red Hot. That's mm-hmm. the source. And there's a recipe of what I call a hot chicken dip. And it's boiled chicken bread. I've had this in Philly. Okay, okay, okay. I think okay. I might have had okay, this okay. too, Wait. actually. What's okay, in it? What's so in it, Angela? Um, boiled shredded chicken. It's like a whole package of cream cheese, like a whole small bottle of mm-hmm. ranch, a lot of shredded cheese, and then like, I don't know, a half a bottle of Frank's Red Hot. You like mix it all together. It makes like, yep. you know, this like creamy squishing sound. You put it in a casserole <laughs> dish and then you sprinkle more cheese on it, bake mm-hmm. it. It's a melty glob. And then you serve it with tortilla chips and um, celery sticks and carrot sticks. And everybody goes wild for it. It's not my recipe. It's Frank. It's a Frank Shredder recipe. But it is really good. It is. It is. It is very good. Your description of that was. Your description of that was erotica. I also find it absolutely either a power move or diabolical for you to pull up to all these gay parties because i know you're only going to gay parties being like this is the least bottom friendly yes, food you could say. possibly eat mm-hmm. if no you one. eat this you're not having sex for 36 hours <laughs> no period. one is having sex tonight no one <laughs> yeah it's a, I guess it's a little bit of a like low-key dom move and i have talked totally. about yeah. food like cooking for people is like doming in ways you know you're either on a journey that you know you're 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 the one in control of the pleasure and i've you are (laughs) say more about that say wait say more about that i want to hear more okay so you're in control of the pleasure and i know exactly how i want to deliver it and i hope that people maybe get the references or if they don't they're in this like wonderland of like how the fuck did you do this i'm in love with you and, you know, and I've done like, okay, so the variances of doming will be like, for example, I did a, I did a dinner for my friend Wu Sang, who was doing this performance piece based off of Fred Moten, like pro, it was mm-hmm. like a beautiful Fred, Fred Moten, like piece of writing. And they talk about water, having memory and sand and earth and all these elemental, um, all of these elements. And I cooked a dinner in response to that. There was sand that was mentioned and I wanted to, I wanted to make people like, kind of like, I wanted to dry out their throats and make them cough, but then I wanted to please them afterwards and like soothe them. So what I made was a, what I called a sand biscuit. So a really dry shortbread with a lot of like dry, like, I think it was chili de arbol, like really dry, but really spicy that comes on later. So you bite this little, I called it a sand biscuit. It's basically a dry shortbread with a lot of chili. You bite it, chew it, 
you like, it's so dry and then you swallow it and then the chili pepper hits you and then you cough. But then afterwards, immediately afterwards, I served them this beautiful chicken wing bone broth with flowers and then they were soothed immediately. But that's, that's the sensual chef doming. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy. You just blew my mind. I am so hard right now. <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. I, 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 that is like actually says so much because I've, I've had your food before, Angela. I've had the privilege of eating your food before, but only now am I noticing the dummy tendencies within <laughs> that food. And you know, there's something, there's something else that you're like touching on that is like very signature of your food is like your food is very self aware and often relies on the eater of it to understand either your references or like if you bring that like shitty dip to the party. Everyone who knows you is like, Angela can cook something way more complex than this, but she knows that this is actually just as good, like, even if it's really, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, that's what the people a kind want of, at a party. Yeah, there's a knowingness mm-hmm. yeah. to, like, your food style and where things come from and, like, where, you know, I, I think that's, like, so true to your, like, cooking. Wow. Oh, wow. I was not expecting to talk about any of these things, but this is, I'm having a great time. <laughs> Welcome this to is Food exactly for where we want to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, yeah. We're sorry. This is what we do. Question this mark? is what we bring out in everyone. We bring out their uh, stuff. Is, is there, yeah. I would love to hear more about, um, like, ro- like, maybe you talked about when we were ta- in the swipe right, swipe left, we were talking about like food in relation to like sexy things, sexy moments with food, very romantic moments with food. Is like food a part of the way you romance people, Angela? Um, I don't, I think it's, it's not direct because I'm not going to give it up that easily. You know, um, I will like, I, I just, this came up recently. It's like, I don't want to go on a dinner date as a first date. It becomes mm, like, mm. like I'd rather go for a drink because, you know, mm-hmm, it's, it's chill. But also for me as a chef, if I go to dinner with someone, whether they picked it or I picked it, there's this like hyper, like there's like this almost, I don't know, they're, they're wanting to see how I react or they want to know what I think about the dinner. Mm. And then it's not sexy mm-hmm. because then it mm-hmm. becomes like, yeah. I'm going to dinner with a chef. Let's see what they have to say. So Mm. early parts Mm -hmm. not into i i like to take my time and then if i really like them i'll take them to one of my favorite restaurants knowing that i'm gonna order something or they're gonna have an experience that will be memorable you know sensual it's sensual even if you're just like going on a friend date Mm -hmm. that you want to impress but you know like Mm -hmm. i took someone to my favorite sushi restaurant since we're all oyster lovers here like you guys will understand but Going out for sushi, my favorite thing to do at like great sushi restaurants is really think about the temperature of the rice, how it like homogenizes with the like sushi or like the fish mm-hmm. while you eat it, that fish should be at the correct temperature. The one that we had that night that just really set it off was an oyster um, sushi. And it had like this beautiful glaze of tare on top, which is just like a deeply... It's, it's like the fish bones, it's the skin. They, they make a broth of it and then they boil it down into this like light syrup. And when you eat that, like everyone, you know, you get to watch someone's eyes roll back basically, even if they don't want it, even if they don't want you to see it. So I'll like wait for something like that. But it's not me romancing, I, it's there. I'm delivering this experience and I get to watch it. 
So marry me. <laughs> that's so dumb. And that's so dumb. I love how. First of all, we've clarified that Angela loves to withhold and yes. then likes to watch. Why do you mm-hmm. think I asked her to marry? Mm-hmm. Withhold and then watch. Yeah, and de- de- I'm, like I'm fully ready. Yeah, you tooched a yeah, little bit. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm ready to be on my bad heels. And it would, it would, like, it would, it would scare me to bejesus, but I would cook mm-hmm. for you. I, I would. Love that. I, like, that's sexy. You know, that's what no, I love. No, Joe, don't I cook would. for no, Angela. No, no. I would. I, re- I really I mean would. that. I I love cooking. So, and this was a complete accident, and it was like such a dumb shit move. I I was on Fire Island, and um, I ended up cooking every night of the week for um, for the house because. It, it, other people had planned to cook, but then my boyfriend got a cold and we were worried it was COVID. Long story short, I was like the chef of the house. And one of the big things that I love to make for a large group of people is this Bon Appetit recipe for a Thai fish soup. It's really, uh, it has fish sauce. So it's kind of like that, that tart, that funkiness. It has lime. It's, it's light. It leaves you, you're ready to bottom afterwards. You know, it's like a white fish soup. Um, it's pretty quick and easy to make. Lots of ginger, lots of garlic, lots of lemongrass. And I, I made it. And a friend of mine happened to be in Cherry Grove. Like she's a she's a white lesbian, I love it. And she comes, she's like, Oh, can my friend come? And I said, Yeah, sure, of course your friend can come. We have plenty of soup. And she comes and she's Thai. Mm, mm. And I was like, I have cooked Thai food for a Thai person. I'm like that person on Top Chef <laughs> who cooks Indian food for Padma. I'm a fucking asshole. You never do that. Never cook she's, Indian food for she's Padma. She's going to hate me. Um, and she's, so she's actually biracial. She's half Thai and like literally 45 minutes into the meal, she was like, so I'm Thai and I'm not pissed. (laughs) (laughs) She basically said, I'm not angry. Oh my God. I, so I took that as a win. I took it as a win. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win. I love, I love her for that. That's a hundred percent a win. That's a win. Um, I, you know, you were like, marry me. I think, did you say marry me after I talked to the oyster? I did. I, 100, 100%. But your response immediately was that you weren't afraid to cook for me. That's, that's, that's what I have to face in like the romancing. Fran specifically mm-hmm. asked me about how I would romance. But then when it comes mm-hmm. the other way around, I think it's really sexy when a person wants to cook for me. Um, cause I wow. don't, cause I actually have no judgment. I'll eat Doritos. I'll eat McDonald's. I will eat the sushi that I talked about. I will make you that, um, you know, California oyster with granita and, and caviar, but I will eat all the mm-hmm. other things and I'll cook whatever you cook for yourself. And I think that's really loving and sexy. Yeah. I feel like my, wow. my favorite thing is to think about like the comfort foods I had growing up. And then to think about like all of the cooking YouTube I watch and like the sort of more chefy techniques and be like, how can I make this thing that is so good that I have a memory of from growing up, but like also sort of make it my own and like make it more like what I like to eat now. And that's like that those explorations are so fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is like something in the there's something inside this conversation about like food memories or like the kind of like associative qualities like some food is emotional obviously like a lot of Angela's book is like about the emotional incest and ancestral experiences of food or how food really triggers memories because like you know sense is like tied directly to like your memory and stuff like that do y'all have any really um 
emotional dishes or or dishes tied to really specific memories that you love to cook. I can start. I would love that if you started. My my parents when they conceived me they were not ready. They were I was like a totally total mistake and they were like, "Oh, but they're Christian." So they were like, "Oh, we have to keep this baby." Um and they recall that their first they they conceived me on their honeymoon and found out they were pregnant and it basically like ruined the honeymoon i oh think my God. or in, in the lore and they told me that the first meal they ever had together as a couple after the honeymoon was like in their one bedroom apartment it was like a 6 dollar meal of a baguette um avocado like a 99 cent baguette that you get at like you know jewel or whatever jewel osco does anybody midwest jewel osco um avocado uh sliced cheddar cheese lime and like a, a rotisserie chicken from like a bag that sounds amazing and, like that's hot it was so my, but great. like it was this like kind of like <clears throat> like you know dirt cheap kind of like meal that my parents would eat all the time because they were on a budget but like when they gave it to me as a kid i would request it every year for my birthday because oh. it, it was my favorite meal oh <laughs> so that's one and now and now i sometimes make it when i'm like bored or or, or like sad or like if i went through a breakup or something i'll always eat that <laughs> Oh my God, it's adorable. Okay, I have mine and it's really, it's funny. It's recent and it was a situation where I got downed. Um, I didn't know I was going to because we all had a dinner. I was I was in upstate New York. The Dahmer has become the Dami. But it's very memorable. I was inspired by it. Um, It was recent. I think it was like last summer and we were all upstate and uh, we had a really nice dinner at some hotel. And then afterwards, we all wanted ice cream next door at this place called Fortunes. It's like a really popular ice cream shop in Hudson. There's like multiple locations. And so we all got different types. You know, we were like, it was three of us. And we we're like all getting different. Yeah, you know, we wanted to add something to the ice cream buffet. So we got, we got, um, I wanted something creamy. My friend got something creamy. And then somebody else wanted, someone's vegan. So we got like a vegan, a very tart, like tangerine sorbet, but we also got cookies and the cookies were like a cinnamon snickerdoodle, but the snickerdoodle style was that it had a, like a textural, like crunchy raw, like, you know, like sugar in the raw, like that kind of big crystallized sugar on the top of it. And so we were all, we got a little stoned and then we were all like doing little taste samplings. We're like combining like the Earl Grey with the strawberry and we're like, try this, this is excellent. And then one of my friends, who's kind of a trickster, um, had us try the combination of the super sour tangerine with a bite of the snickerdoodle that had all the crystallized sugar. So we ate it and it was just like the sensation was so fucked up. My emotion that I'm bringing up is that I was angry because the way that the tangerine, because it was cold and then you're chewing with this like cookie that probably should have been served hot. And then the combination with the super cold, super tart with this crystallized sugar was mm. just like the most disgusting, aggravating experience. And then you just have to keep chewing before it goes away. But then the sugar kept crystallizing. So it was like it was just disgusting. And and like but all of like the other two that had it, me and my friend, we were like, what the fuck? Like, how dare you do this to us? And we were just all <laughs> hysterically laughing because we were tortured to an aggravating part point um but wow. yes but i was inspired by it 
I love the negative food memory. I, my question is, did you turn that into anything that you've made where you try to take that negative experience, where you try to reprocess this trauma yeah. by turning mm, it into something good? Well, I think it helped me develop the language of the doming. I think like that's part of it. Mm. And and because I realize I've done versions of this, like the like the sand biscuit, but you know, way gentler. Right. Because my friend was being a trickster trying to like mess with us um, because right. we're all like best friends. Um, but I think it helped me develop my language around that uh, tool being useful. Just that, you know, language is important. And then also the journey, the sensual journey that you take someone on, like right. it has a responsibility and it doesn't always have to be pleasure. Mm. That's true. Doesn't mm. always have to be pleasure. Sometimes it can that... be a, a break, a baked uh, <laughs> blue cheese in a <laughs> massive crescent rolls. <laughs> And a massive crescent rolls covered in burnt maple syrup. Sometimes it can be a key lime pie at the bottom of an Uber. Um, Mine mine was, in my youth, a tiramisu, and I grew up in the country. And we didn't have any of the ingredients. There was no ricotta. We didn't have coffee. We didn't have espresso in the house. We didn't have ladyfingers. So me, like, 11 years old, like, I'd been cooking, but, like, tried to home make ladyfingers. (gasps) Tried to find substitutes so for hard. ricotta, which we could not find. And we didn't have booze in the house. So there was like none of the <laughs> constituent parts. And I tried to do it anyway. And it turned into coffee, cream cheese, soup. Oh. Ew. The fact that yeah. you tried to do this yeah. at 11 years old, you should not have needed to come out I to know. your family. Oh, and meanwhile... <laughs> When I was 11 years old, I had like full like dinner parties with my family. And it was like so like I was like such a loser as in high school. And like I would invite like all these people that I had crushes on. And I made like a baked Alaska (gasps) when I was like, which is technically, technically very difficult. Or at least for that age. I don't know what that is. Yeah. That's impressive. Baked Alaska is not easy. Not to brag. Yeah, no, (laughs) What is baked Alaska? I was 11-ish too. My, mine came it? from a church, like a like the ladies of the church all made like a spiral bound like community cookbook, and I learned about raspberry vinaigrette. I never, I, I, I had never. It was like a flavor combination that was major to have fruit in your salad. And it was a, it's 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 very of its time. It was a um, spinach baby spinach salad with raspberry yes. vinaigrette. Um, scallions, sliced strawberries, and toasted slivered almonds. And I know that exact yeah. salad. Yeah, it's the church. <laughs> it was at- yum. That was at that was like the fancy, the one fancy restaurant within forty five minutes of my house had that exact salad. Yeah, it's it's like not actually supposed to be good. It was just really like it was viewed as like it was like it was like like fancy or it was like um, it was edgy. It's it's like if you've seen American Psycho and they talk about raspberry coulis like in those food scenes. It's just basically yeah. kind of it's kind of it's it's shitty. But at the time, it was viewed as really sexy. You know, this is like probably around the time of like Crystal Pepsi or something. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. This was right. Was this after like there was like a Jello craze? Like everyone was putting everything in Jello. Or... Everyone's doing I that right I now. Mean, I... There's a jelly craze right now. Yeah, they are. First, there's of a Jellizons happening. I have a question. It, it seems like what is what does cooking at home do for you personally? Is it like is it for 
the meal that you produce, the food that you share with friends? Is it the process that is relaxing or creative? Um, Is it about just sort of the routine? Is like, what does home cooking Mm. give you? Um, My my, um, home situation changed recently. And so that question, um, yeah, that question has different timelines. Like I, I... I finally moved into a place where I absolutely can't even try to sublet any corner of it. I I would move into places that were one and a half bedrooms or two and a half bedrooms. And it was supposed to all be for me, but then I'd have a fun friend that wanted to live in New York for three months. And then I'd let them stay for like indefinitely. And that's because I came from a big family and I always felt comforted being around a lot of people. And that meant I was always cooking for someone. Um, So cooking at home, like previous was honestly, it was like cooking some hits for people that I know would be amazing. And I know that, you know, you might have to, you might have in a restaurant setting. Um, So cooking for friends at home is a totally different experience. I'll, I'll cook. Yeah. I'll cook to please. And then for me, I've been living alone in a place that has to be just for me. It's like a lofted duplex situation, you know, like, if I had my, my mom was staying with me for some, for my book release. And, you know, I had to like, I I had to be in my office to take therapy. Like it's not, I mean, there's no privacy. And I did that intentionally and to kind of give myself a boundary. And so now I'm learning how to make delicious food for myself, just for me. It's a totally different experience. And I started really small, like getting really amazing, naturally fermented sourdough bread for my friend and then making myself a six minute egg using like French butter and sea salt and then making myself like a tangerine marmalade with lavender. I'm like, this is just for me, but it's just toast. And then gradually moving up. So now I'm learning how to do that for myself and I'm getting really, I'm getting a lot better. It's like beyond toast with homemade jam. That is like... I got, I'm like choking up. That's really, <laughs> that's really beautiful. The, I also do a much better job uh, when I'm, <laughs> I have a distinct memory of being single and living on my own and going into a Target and there's this special frozen section um, that, that had a button on it that was like meals for one. And I just started crying in the aisle <laughs> because I think we have this notion that cooking for yourself and not for a family is just about like filling your belly and it's kind of sad Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but now i love just you get to make whatever the fuck you want however the fuck you want to make it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and whatever you have a taste for and it's really beautiful just to cook for purely for one's own pleasure Mm -hmm. you're doming yourself Mm -hmm. yeah The oh, of course, of well, course, that's where you're gonna end up. Of course, that's gonna here. be the conclusion. Of course, <laughs> of course. But oh, it's funny that you arrived at that because I think, like, when I think about the fact that I finally am like, I do want to learn how to do this and like actually do this. It's not because I want to cook for other people, even though I have, I will have more opportunity to do that in the future. It's because I want to give myself that experience whenever I want to. And not have to depend on going out or having someone else do it for me. Like, I want to be able to do that for myself. It's like, to me, Mm -hmm. it's like aspirational Mm -hmm. levels Mm -hmm. of self-care. It truly is like having a good sex life with yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you can give yourself pleasure, 
then it's much easier to share and give pleasure with other people. You know what I mean? So it's like cooking is cooking for yourself is masturbation and yeah. masturbation is awesome. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> oh, this is wholesome. Well, that would be a good Yeah, cookbook. this really is. This is also like, we, we could not be having a more Angela discussion about food. Like, I think this is so representative of like your style, what you, your food philosophy. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling full, but I could maybe fit just one more thing inside me. Den knows what I'm talking about. And Den is, is actually our... fully putting the Frank's Red Hot chicken dip into her pu- into oh, no, her no, pussy. No. no, no, no. We're not. Please don't invoke the Red Hot Already chicken has, dip here. Not here. And um, surprise ending, I can still bottom. Yeah, you actually can. That is your superpower. That is why you, you should be one. You should be in the MCU. You, sh- you should be yeah. a Marvel superhero. <laughs> And your superpower is bottoming after yes. eating like the, the Mike's Red Hot chicken dip. It's Frank's Red Hot, Frank. Oh, no. Frank's Red Hot. Get Not Mike's Red Hot. I'm thinking of Mike's Hard Lemonade. Um, <laughs> another memory association. Anyways. The opposite of self-care is Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> Our our dessert is a five minute discussion about a thing we are recommending this week, and of course, of course, we're going to recommend Angela's new book, Philippinix. I don't even. I feel so stupid saying that, but like, I also feel like, um, like people of color, whenever we try and like add X's to our things, even we, like the people who advocated, are like Latin Latinx, Latinx. Um, how how is this? You know, but Angela. What can you say about the book that our listeners would love? And let me tell you also, our listeners love to buy books. So you're in good hands here. They're readers. I love a reader. It's it. I've been recently calling it a cookbook in air quotes or a cookbook uh, with, you know, like a, like asterisk or there's a warning that comes with it because it's not just a cookbook. Um, I, it's it's it follows a lot of like memory as we talked about, um, but also history, um, pre-colonial history, pre-colonial gender neutrality, um, every detail, and it's very it's very visual. I I I really wanted it to feel cinematic. Um, um, every it, there's themes of abundance, and the abundance comes from our experiences of. Uh, you know, post-colonial scarcity. And so I wanted it to be a visual treat. I wanted it to feel like a buffet, which how, which is how Filipino food is often served. And, you know, it's called Philippine X. It's a gay book. It's a gay cookbook. And I get to talk about that experience in the first essay about talking about how moving to New York, moving to New York to find my people was something that I need to do for my own survival. And for me, I think it's a success if people read it. Yeah, sure. If they get to learn how to cook, because the recipes are great. But if they get to see a reflection of their own experience, whether they are Filipino, honorary Filipino, or they don't know anyone that's Filipino, that they see a version of themselves in the storytelling. So that's what I would like people to take away from it. But you know, do your thing. It's it's a flavor journey. It's a flavor quest. I, as someone who spent quite a, a quite a quite a bit of time with it, something that I love about the book is that it has essays 
It has gorgeous art direction and it also has really good recipes. And usually cookbooks don't have all three of those things. It's usually you get really good stories and not great recipes or like really great recipes and not great art direction or like, you know what I mean? Like, and I obviously I have a lot of cookbooks for better or worse, a lot of cookbooks that I never cook out of because they're just like pretty and, uh, you know, they're aspirational. But this is a book that I'll actually cook out of in addition to actually uh, loving your stories and like and loving kind of the prose and the lineage and so much like research mm-hmm. that went into like your ancestry or like where yeah. these where this food comes mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the beautiful thing that you said to me is that cooking, cooking when you know how to cook, when you have recipes you can make at home, it does f- truly feel like abundance. It's like, it, it's, it costs so much less. I can never cook. Not I always cook too much food because I want everyone around, myself included, to feel like you can go back for seconds. You can go back for thirds. There's there's not just enough. There is more than enough. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, cooking has you know, loving good food, but then learning how to make it for myself has given me that ability without being a rich person to, to feel abundance. And, and that has been really emotionally healing to a lot of the scarcity that I've experienced in my life. Absolutely. Well, we are so excited to pick it up, Angela. Um, yes. The book is, again, Philippinex by Angela Demiuga. And actually, how do you spell your, how do you pronounce your co-author's name? Lagaya Mishan. Thank you. Um, and yeah, can't wait to dig in, y'all. Mm-mm-mm. This episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rose and our new home at Stitcher. Our producer is Alexandra De Palma. Obviously, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on whatever social media you want. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com, where you can pre-order my motherfucking book out next year. And I'm Den Michelle, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Den Michelle. So, Angela, where can people find you? You can find me at my Instagram, Angela.dmayuga, and you can find out where to buy my book at my website, AngelaDmayuga.com. Absolutely. You can find us on Instagram at Gaselets Who Read or join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. Finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick dicks at thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T H O. It's really hard to do it over Zoom. It's fine. I give up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 